Greetings, dear friends. We are sincerely glad to welcome you again. And today we are going to talk with the esteemed Igor Mikhailovich Danilov. Greetings. Igor Mikhailovich, the previous video has definitely intrigued a lot of people. And in particular, the question and the topic you raised about the nature of mass. What mass is? What forms this mass? And and where the bugs disappeared. And where the bugs disappeared. A ton of bugs. Of course, you touched a sore spot, not just with the question regarding a ton of bugs, but with the question regarding the nature of mass, because this question is actually fundamental. It is the key one, yes. And the key one, right. This is the most important question that still cannot be answered by official science, by official physics, and thousands of scientists all over the world are racking their brains. Without the keys, they don't know the answer to this question. Do you know what the most interesting thing is? It's that the keys are actually there. The keys. Do they have them? All of them? If they wanted, they would have them too. All who want to use these keys have them. Who feel the truth. Well, yes. Let's put it this way carefully. But the most important thing, of course, Igor Mikhailovich, regarding what the answer to this question makes possible and what kind of opportunities it opens up, is what you shared, that the answer to this question is the key to us saving ourselves as humanity to take the climate Cerberus on a short leash. And as a small bonus on top of that, tremendous opportunities open up before us as a civilization, those opportunities which neither scientists nor sci-fi writers dreamed of. And this is very important for us. It is the first stage in the evolution of our civilization. You know, you even said here about the most important thing and a small bonus, while in fact, this is actually the most important thing for people. It's clear regarding climate. However, not everyone perceives this. That's how our consciousness works, friends. We do not perceive the fact that our world, let's say, will soon be over. Somehow this doesn't settle in our consciousness. And that's all. Yes, we see. Yes, we understand. But still, there are doubts. We cannot believe it. But for us, as human beings, the opportunities that open up to us are much more important. In other words, how we will exist when we have, let's say, this power in our possession. Why? Because in fact, those very replicators well, that's what was voiced. Although, believe me, friends, this is not the most important thing. But for us as consumers, we live in the consumerist format. We are brought up this way. And whatever we take, it is all still somehow sized up in relation to ourselves. It's true, after all. Yes, exactly. The whole world in relation to us. All life in relation to us. All benefits in relation to us. Well, that's the way we are arranged. We are egoists. We were brought up that way, but at the same time, let's say, we are also a little bit unfree, yet we want freedom. We want freedom. Yes. How is freedom perceived? As some kind of permissiveness, no. perhaps, no? No. Freedom is not permissiveness. Permissiveness ends quickly. It was in the Wild West, and everything was solved very harshly. Permissiveness leads to terror. And you cannot get away from that, although even this chaos begins to be ordered. Why? Because certain laws are introduced and so forth. So what is freedom? What do you think, friends? What is true freedom? A synonym for happiness. <laughs> and happiness is what? For a modern, ordinary person. I do not consider the spiritual aspect, friends. I'm speaking purely about a person of a consumerist format, so to say. Mm -hmm. What is happiness? Mm -hmm. 
Well, perhaps for a consumer it is sort of to freely manage his own time, to be heard in society, to be heard by other people, most probably, this type of criteria, and to fulfill himself. Yes, you're already taking it a little bit higher, and so on. Happiness for a human is confidence in tomorrow, in contentment with today. That's when a person is absolutely satisfied with today, and he knows that tomorrow will be no worse. There is sort of stability, yes. Yes. In other words, when he has everything, he is provided with everything he needs, he is self-confident, and he has something to be proud of. Well, we are actually proud of ourselves when we've provided for our day, right? Isn't it true? Yes, exactly. When we have it all. And also, when a person feels absolutely healthy, that's happiness. You know what is also interesting, Igor Mikhailovich, is that thanks to the conferences, thanks to our videos, a person can at least see this prospect. Because there are so many people who find it hard to draw this model of the future at least in their heads, in their consciousness, and at least to dream to the fullest. No matter how paradoxical this is, most people are incapable of creating such visual forms in their heads. Why? Because the process of visualization is not available to everyone. It would seem, how is it possible? After all, we think by means of pictures, yes, consciousness and, let's say, whatever we take, including various external sources, create a lot of pictures in us. Again, those very marketers create everything, so that the right pictures would be formed in us. And in theory, all of us should have the ability to imagine anything. This is far from being the case, friends. If you have any doubts, just practice. It's a clear visualization. Well, it doesn't matter. Let's suppose of a striped elephant, but you should hold it in your head for at least 30 seconds. Make it move, walk, do something else. It doesn't matter what it does. The main thing is that it has to be the focus of our attention. It's a vivid, clear picture in our mind. Do you know that very few people can do that? Yes, an image, something else, yes. but. That's how the world is arranged. So it is natural that a person who does not have a creative thinking, let's put it mildly, is not able to imagine how he can exist in the creative society. For the consumer society, he has a picture, that is, what he uses. For example, brushing his teeth, okay? Well, it is morning. We get up, we go to brush our teeth. We understand perfectly well how this process takes place, what it takes, and this is where our experience, our muscle memory comes into play. After all, we practically do it by reflex. And at the same time, there is a natural picture, a familiar one, of what we've seen. We can reproduce it, but we cannot imagine how we would brush our teeth in the creative society. Why? Because, I'll just say, in the creative society, it is ridiculous to brush our teeth if we possess such a technology as, let's say, an absolute control of our body. Well, we described it before. Let's not repeat ourselves. Although, we will a little bit. Let's say, when a person takes a shower in the morning, his whole body is automatically scanned. That very artificial intelligence processes it all. While a person is taking a shower, the system completely renews him. It removes all free radicals, repairs all cells in his body, and recharges him with additional energy if necessary. 
That is, a person takes a shower in the morning, well, during the day, overnight, who knows how the night went, where the person was and what he did. But when he comes out of the shower, he is a perfectly healthy person, in great physical shape. At the age, I mean, biological one, at which he wishes to be. The question is, why brush one's teeth? And very few people even think about that. Why? Could we ever imagine that it would be precisely this way? You once said that everyone measures with his own ruler. 100%. Why? We measure everything based on our own experience and desire. And no matter how we twist it, all of us have our own ruler. And that is really so. And it is silly to approach the creative society with your own ruler. You need a big tape measure in order to measure those opportunities which may open up before us. Igor Mikhailovich, referring to the topic of our conversation, at one time I was very much impressed by an example from sports, when a young athlete was performing such an element as springboard diving, and she could not perform this element. And when the ideomotor training specialists got involved and asked her to imagine the beginning of the element, how she carried out arms, how she did it, and so on, it turned out that in her consciousness she was completely unable to imagine how she was raising her arms above a certain level. She was asked to imagine it during, let's say, three seconds or ten seconds, simply at the level of her imagination, at the level of her consciousness. And in no way could she imagine that she was raising her arms. Yes. Yes, it is so new. It seems that a person in his consciousness can imagine anything, dream about anything. But no, it is not so. Far from that. Also, those people who have, you know, doubts, shyness, and everything else are precisely those people who are incapable of visualizing. Yes, those people have a lot of pictures in their mind and so forth. But why? Because they don't have, you know, an ability for logical perception, an ability to look at things broadly, they haven't been taught or trained to do that. In other words, those are people who were, let's say, deprived of that in childhood, when these skills should actually have been developed. But the time was missed and the child was left with his perception, let's say, such as it was. Eventually, when he grows up, he is incapable of that, and he will always have doubts. Friends, doubts arise only when you are not sure, when you don't know, Yet, why do you not know? There are facts. Let's get back to the climate, okay? A wonderful, excellent conference took place. Everything was very well-reasoned and very convincing there. It would seem the whole world was supposed to shudder because the truth was told openly and to everyone. So what's the outcome? Has it shuddered? And why has it not shuddered? Because, as it turns out, an awful lot of people are incapable of bringing multiple facts together into one point, into a holistic understanding. When all the evidence is given, a lot of doubts arise. Maybe it will happen, maybe not. Also, there's denial on our part at the level of our consciousness, the denial of the end of the world, in other words, that we are mortal. Sort of a psychological defense. Right. And that this world in which you live may change. Here's a good example, okay? Excuse me. It's a good revealing example. And let's say it concerns our personal lives a little bit, the war in our country. Tell me, 
Yes, we don't take those who were aware of it, who were preparing for it, and who wanted war. We don't take those people. We take ordinary citizens, peaceful people. So many people lived in peace. Had they ever thought that their homes would be destroyed, their loved ones would be killed, and they would be forced to flee and roam the world? No. And they didn't even believe in that. Yes, all the signs were there. But even when they knew and understood, they still didn't believe. Yes, being one step away from the threat, they didn't believe. Let's analyze further. The war broke out. Shelling is going on. Neighbors are being killed. Yet people are idle. Why? There is a hope that this won't affect them, no matter what. They don't believe that this will affect them. Let's take another scenario. Nowadays, there are a lot of fires going on around the world. A fire approaches a house, but a person does not want to evacuate. He doesn't believe his house is about to burn. Why? He doesn't want to part with his present. He has no idea what might be in the future. You see? In other words, this lack of understanding of the future hinders people. And unfortunately, many people have died through that. There was footage that showed it all. And we also worked with eyewitnesses. Consciousness shows that all the best was in the past, and it draws nothing no. good in the future. No, it's not that it doesn't draw that, it doesn't know the future. It seems to us that if we change our life, we will lose the meaning. You see? The meaning for a person is reduced to existence, to his house. He has built it. He has invested a lot in it. He invested his life and attention. Yes, right. Here, it doesn't matter if it's a fire or shelling, but everything is being destroyed, and a person is left one-on-one. -on -one. You know, he is simply like naked in the middle of a desert, wondering what to do and how to live on. For people, this is simply a psychological trauma. That's nowadays in the consumerist format. But as for imagining what it would be like in the creative society, a person simply cannot do that. Why? Because the value of this existence is lost. You see, the value of a house ceases to be a value as such. Some, well, I don't know. Nowadays, people hoard all sorts of things. Someone gave something as a gift, paintings or something else, whatever. Well, I had a handmade picture. A person embroidered it for a year. A beautiful picture, made with soul, but it burned down. Is it possible to replicate it? No, it's a very serious loss, right? As well as, let's say, even though some little things, but they reminded us of people. Those little things are gone. Indeed, it seems that we are attached to all kinds of trifles, not to mention something large, and that a person works long hours to build or buy it, to acquire it, and then he loses it. But how is it in the creative society? An instant, and you have everything, you see? It is possible to replicate. Mm -hmm. Absolutely anything. It will be exactly the same. Again, who in the creative society would embroider a picture for a year? What for? After all, this is illogical. It's a lot of time that can be spent on your own development, on serving people, in order to do a lot of good for people, in this sense. Yes, right. Even if, for example, you made this embroidery, you can give it as a gift to the whole world, right? Yes, sure. That's when there is a point in this, in your art. When you add it, let's say, to a database, and anyone can print it out for themselves, then this makes sense. Whereas, 
Making something exclusive in order to give it as a gift to someone is not the right thing to do. You see, these processes of thinking and perception are completely different. We are not used to that. We are afraid to even imagine it. By we, I mean many of us, friends. I realize that among our friends there are plenty of people who understand everything perfectly well, who are aware of it, and for them the creative society is more like a reality. You know, Igor Mikhailovich, today we've also mentioned that precisely these doubts about the future, about what is going on in general, doubts actually kill dreams of more than various failures do. I will say a little bit, why can't people fulfill themselves? Talented people, really talented people. It doesn't matter whether they are talented in mathematics, physics, literature, or music. A person has all their prerequisites. He is really talented, but he cannot fulfill himself. He has doubts. These doubts kill all dreams entirely. Our friends wrote to us, in particular our viewers. One surgeon said, I have performed a certain surgery a thousand times. I have the skill, I have the experience. And actually, every time before the surgery, I hear these doubts that it will not work out. After a seemingly successful surgery, he constantly hears that there will be complications, that there will be complications after the surgery. And exactly in the same way, our participants who are engaged in informing about the Creative Society project say that, yes, it is already easy to overcome this barrier before acting, to cope with these doubts and finally start acting, to write a letter to someone sincerely from the heart, or to talk to someone sincerely from the heart. But then, later on, these doubts catch up with them. Have you said it right? Have you written the right thing? And so on. How do these doubts which later on catch up with you, and you listen to them, affect the situation at all. Do they actually affect? They do. They do. They do, and very strongly. And there is an important point here too, friends. For example, those who are engaged, at least in small business, they will understand and see themselves. I'll give a simple example. For example, a deal is going on. Okay. Two parties. They've already come to an agreement. They have solved everything. They have struck a deal. They are both happy with each other. That's all. A little time will pass and everything will be fine. The contract will be signed tomorrow. When you come home, you start doubting. Everything is somehow too good and smooth. It cannot be this way. There's something fishy somewhere. They are obviously trying to trick me because it's too good. How did we make such an easy deal? Doubt after doubt. And the next day, the contract is not signed. But it was mutually beneficial. The question is, why? Another example. A person is so stupid that not only does he have no doubts, but he has nothing except egoism and a desire to grab more. A contract, which is ten times worse, let's say, which is practically unprofitable for the same company that your contract was terminated with. So this guy comes with a bad contract for them. He sits down and signs the contract right away. Why? Who hasn't encountered this? Is it thanks to friends, connections, or something else? No, friends. Doubts. You have doubts which are passed on to those very people. While he, that very bully, has no doubts at all. He has nothing, excuse me, but egoism and a mindset, I need. He doesn't have any other thought. He goes to a meeting, he is 100% sure. 
how can they not sign? He's sure they will. And when it comes to signing, he has no doubts at all, because he has made a good, unprofitable offer to them. But it is very profitable for him. It means they will sign it. And the funniest thing is, that's how it happens in most cases. It is possible to explain this paradox only from the perspective of metaphysics, or to put it simpler, from the perspective of ordinary natural physics, but unfortunately, already not by Newton's, but the physics of the micro-world. When our observation transforms a particle into a wave, or a wave into a particle, when we are able to create something from nothing, in this case, already a completely different physics is working. This is very important, Igor Mikhailovich. As our colleague tells us about his profession of a surgeon, as soon as a doctor begins to worry and have doubts, problems occur with a patient, complications arise, or some unpleasant things happen. And this is where he reassures himself. But I had an intuition. When I was doing that very surgery, I felt that something was wrong, that something was wrong with the body of the patient. Yes, the surgery was good, but complications followed, let's say, in a different area. But they did follow. And what is the reason for those complications? An incorrectly performed surgery, an under-examined patient, improper treatment, or the doubts the doctor had? What a great responsibility everyone actually has. You know, there is a very good example in this regard. I would recommend it for many people, especially physicians. There was a man who, unfortunately, was somehow quickly forgotten in society. People sometimes recall him, but mostly they don't remember him. There was such a man as Grigory Rasputin and his method. The method of persuasion was the most correct. The first thing he said was, no doubting, there is God, and you should believe in yourself. Since God believes in you, it means you should believe in yourself too. If you don't believe in yourself, God will not believe in you. This is such a simple, you know, I would say primitive psychology. But clearly, he was like, he was actually an outstanding personality, let's say. He possessed both a little bit of power and a certain knowledge. But the meaning of his words is very deep. And what he used and applied proved not only to be efficient in practice, but I would say it proved the very fact of the influence of our perception on the world, like persuasion or doubt. If we are persuaded and we definitely believe in something and invest the power of our attention in it, if we have enough power, then it will be so. If we have doubts, even minor powers are enough for us to destroy what is strong. That's where the paradox of toxicity is, and it is very important. I have just touched upon this topic using the example of Rasputin and his method. Yeah, let's look at this from a slightly different perspective. For instance, there are serious and fundamental things, and there are toxic substances that destroy them. Let's look at it from the perspective of our lives. This will be clear for bloggers, for example, okay? 
For instance, a person releases some product of his somewhere on social media, and people begin to comment. A thousand people thank him, and someone writes their negative review. Whom will he remember? The hater. Why? Toxicity. You see? Here you have a barrel of honey, and this is a spoonful of tar, okay? And that's it. The barrel of honey is spoiled. Meanwhile, you wouldn't improve a barrel of tar with a spoonful of honey. It's a paradox, isn't it? Yes, certainly. Much less power is invested, but destruction is immense. It is the principle of what? Excuse me, here we can only speak the language of religion. It is the principle of how Satan, or the system, acts. Therefore, this very toxicity is very destructive if you perceive it. Whereas, if you are absolutely neutral, so to say, if there is no constructive attitude that would bring you benefit, all this is meaningless to you. You see? I mean, no matter how hard those haters strain themselves, if you look from a constructive perspective, expertise, expertise, yes, right, exactly. then it cannot affect you in any way. I mean, do you harm or something else? But if you look at this from the perspective of an ordinary person, an egoist, you will certainly be hurt. And here is also a paradox. Let's just say, can something small spoil something big? A simple question. It turns out it can, even if it is something big. <laughs> there is a joke in this regard. I'll remind you. I once told it to you already. Two friends meet, and one of them has a black eye. The other one asks, Man, did you fight with someone? The former one says, No, it's my wife. His friend says, Come on. Is she a boxer? No, she hit me with a rolling pin. But what happened? You see, yesterday we had a nice, beautiful day. We spent time together and all that. In the evening, the atmosphere was so romantic with candles and music, and everything was wonderful. We had such a great intimacy. And I confessed to her, Natasha, you're adorable. So now I have this bruise. The other guy says, Wait, what's wrong with adorable? Is it a bad word? No, it's just that her name is Helen. Here you go. There are no trifles. <laughs> That's right. Right. So this trifle turned out to be very… Destructive. Yes, destructive. Indeed. The same as in this case. Thus, toxicity is actually a very serious thing. But it has an influence only when you react. If you don't react to it, the outcome will be completely different. Doubts are exactly a weak, toxic impact that can ruin a lot of things. After all, speaking in religious terms again, Satan only whispers. And then you yourself take action. You listen. And like that wife from the joke, you start acting more seriously already, right? You choose how to react. Yet, it is merely a brief sound that has ruined the entire wonderful evening. Isn't that so? It is. That's right. The same as in this case. Before, let's say, you act, friends, or have doubts, you should understand who benefits from that and why. Let's just say, the consumerist format is a world of dark forces. As we already said, it's a world where the dead rule. Here indeed. Well, how is that? A lot of people do not realize whether the dead rule directly or indirectly. 
both directly and indirectly, friends. Look at how inhumane our world is, and we live according to those inhumane, unconscionable, and actually such rules, so to say. You cannot even find decent words. And we pass on to each other. Of course. What we ourselves have in abundance. I remember how you said that if a person doubts and conveys the truth through some kind of doubts, then everything he conveys and what another person perceives is solely doubts. Right. If a person feels the truth here and now and carries it further like a candle that ignites of course. and shines to everyone in the house, but it is not kept somewhere under a vessel, like it is said in the Bible, then the scenario is completely different already. Well, let's look again. Now, we are going to the most difficult stage, informing the stage of informing people about the Creative Society. And as we already said in the previous video, a lot of people are waiting for inspiration. They are. Why? Because they have doubts. Why do doubts arise in them? Because they themselves haven't studied what the Creative Society is. They haven't understood that it is really easy and simple to implement. And at this point, they still have doubts. If I start speaking, what will people think of me? My friend, what will people think of you after the year 2036? Just tell me honestly, what will they think of you? When you answer this question, everything somehow falls in its place. While the main thing is that you care about people, about your friends and acquaintances, whom you want to tell it and explain it to. After all, it is your care and your manifestation of humaneness and friendliness how can you not tell a person that his life can change from the current consumer swamp with plenty of problems, hatred and filth into a beautiful Eden? There is no other way to put it. And at this point, people start having doubts. What doubts can there be? Only a demon has doubts in his head. Who doesn't want this world to change? Because here, everyone gnaws at each other's throat for power, domination, and a piece of bread. While in the creative society, the world is totally different. Everyone has bread. Everyone is peaceful, joyful, and beautiful. So here Satan says, but what about anger? What about hatred? Yet, does this really belong to a human? Was a human actually born to be a dog, to be fierce, and to bite? Do you know that there are no fierce dogs, in fact? They become fierce only when they find themselves in an environment where there is a dominance of evil. This is true. They are accustomed to living in a pack. Well, many dog keepers will start saying, look at how fierce the dog is, and things like that. It is not fierce, it is its way of defending its position in this world. That's the way this dog lives. If you place it in different conditions, completely different ones, stop reacting to its fierceness and feed it for good actions. And when it barks or attacks, you even treat it negatively. What will the fiercest dog in the world become like, in your opinion? The kindest one. Isn't that true? Igor Mikhailovich, what you said today is very valuable, especially about caring, because we understand this is really so. that behind informing, there is first of all care for another person. Just imagine that. Well, not so much carries information as actually conveys this very feeling. This is your care, first of all. You care that a person would continue to live just like you. Secondly, you care for a person so that he would stop being a slave and would become free, so that he would stop being a slave not only to those in power, 
for demons in his head, but to material things as well, so that he would become a free human, so that he would become healthy, so that he would be able to exist in this world, let's say, for many, many years more, and not be limited to 70 or even 100 years. What is 100 years? That's ridiculous, in fact. 100 years is still a child. What can we understand in this world within 100 years? Yes, this term is more than enough for spiritual salvation, but we shouldn't confuse the spiritual path and, let's say, the path of a person who strives to gain wisdom. After all, self-perfection is an eternal destiny. Even angels are constantly engaged in self-development. For many people, it might be surprising. How is that? But it's true. No one ever stops in their development, ever. It's a perpetual journey. It's impossible to achieve perfection. That's for you to understand. But you should always strive for it. If we take the highest meaning of this word, there is no idea of such a concept as perfection. It doesn't exist and cannot exist. You know, it's like the horizon in our world. No matter how far you go, it is always ahead. And there are plenty of examples of that. Only God is perfect. There are no other perfect ones. As for who God is, we already discussed this a lot. And everyone actually feels inside who God is. So, God is perfect. While all of us, no matter who we have become or who we are now, we should strive for self-perfection in care for other people, first and foremost, and for mutual love. Then the world will change. Right? Everything depends on us. Friends, so let's simply love each other. Thank you. Thank you so much, Igor Mikhailovich. Thank you, friends. Peace be with you.